everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor, Amos Grunendijk. Hi, everybody. My name is Amos. I'm one of the lead, lead pastors. I am speaking today, and uh, we're going to be continuing our Alpha series. I just, I think it's been such a great thing for our church, and I'm excited to see where this goes into the future. Um, it, I think it's important that we kind of understand what is in Alpha so that it becomes easier for us to invite our friends and our, our neighbors uh, to Alpha in the new year and, and beyond. I met with somebody who... Uh, is a pastor in New York City, and he, he just like, he's been running Alpha three times a year. Uh, he says sometimes there's 20 people, sometimes there's three people, sometimes there's one person, but I see how walking people through the, the basics of what it means to follow Jesus has fruit. And if we've been in the church for a long time, sometimes we take for granted how, how the news is good and how our faith is practical. And I think today is one of those really practical uh, sessions. We'll be talking about how God guides us and it connects to what is our purpose in life, but also how do I make this decision? Maybe it's a relatively small one or maybe it's a relatively big one. Like who do I marry? Do I take this job or don't I? Uh, I feel like I've got an itch to move somewhere tropical. Is that, is, is that selfish or is that God? And, and how to kind of discern and seek uh, God's voice, but also God's wisdom. How, how can we give our, like, yes to God with the most important things in our life? That's really the subject for today. So uh, we have about a 10-minute video from the Alpha series that we'll show, and then I'll be back to share a little bit more. So let's watch. So if you couldn't tell, I chopped that up a little bit and forwarded to the end uh, with some of those blackouts. But the MBE, anyone know what that is? Member of the British Empire, which is equivalent to our Presidential Medal of Freedom. So he had a past of, uh, you know, he ends up in prison and he ends up pastoring the uh, people in prison and ends up with a presidential, basically a Presidential Medal of Freedom because he started saying yes to God. And it turned out that God actually used his mistakes, his wounding, his failure, his past uh, for... God's glory. And I think that's so often how it works. Like we think we've maybe screwed up so badly that how can God use us? But actually those places, those ways are exactly the way that God uses us. Uh, the, 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 the valleys, the times of darkness, God, God wants to turn those experiences into good and there's purpose behind them. Uh, I, I would encourage you guys to grab a Bible. We'll be looking at Romans chapter 12 today. We'll be walking through quite a few verses. And while it's a little bit dense, I just think it's electric. I think this is one of those chapters in the Bible that uh, we, we could meditate on every day or once a week, and, and it, would, it would give us good guidance for our life. Now, we'll, we'll get kind of into like how to seek God's guidance for a specific decision, but there's, there's not always 
a need to be like, what do I do here? And, and there's so much in the Bible that guides us in how we live and the choices we make. Like we don't, for instance, this comes up in Romans chapter 12, we don't have to wonder, should, should I pay my taxes or not? Like that's something God has already spoken to. And there's so much about um, how we do relationships and, and, and our character that, that God has already revealed to us. And so when it comes to our daily decisions, those decisions in a way have already been made if our posture toward God is yes. And if I, if I could just plead with you to live your life in one particular way, it would be to say yes to God. Not just yes, I, I, you know, you're Lord of my life. Yes, I need your help. But yes, I will do and go and say whatever it is that you would have me go and do and say. I would live the way that you would have me live. And to also be in a place of seeking God for those, for those big decisions. Like, don't, don't have children without seeking God. Don't change jobs. Don't move to a different state without seeking God. And I, I've said this before, but I think all the really significant things that I've done in my life have come from a saying yes to God and having God guide us in particular ways. So even for Allison and I, it we weren't sure if we wanted to have kids. And we had a long time of discernment as to whether or not to have kids. And we finally decided, yes, we think this is what God has for us. And we have, uh, Allison gets pregnant and we lose the baby. And so we're in this place of incredible pain. And through prayer at a vineyard conference, uh, we, we get pregnant again. And we have this beautiful little girl named Isla, and we're, we're anxious about whether this pregnancy will come to full term. And I, I, some of you were here when this happened. I lay my hand on Allison's stomach to pray for the unborn baby, and I feel this buzz. Like there's this, there's this Holy Spirit kind of power that's going on, and it was so comforting. And so if you remember, we had a nickname for Isla before she was born. It was Buzz. We didn't know if it was, she was a girl or a boy, but we referred to her as Buzz. And then Aviva's kind of the same story. We got pregnant again. We lost another baby. And, uh, and this time it was much more direct because we weren't sure if we could sign up for another uh, lost pregnancy. But we were at a vineyard conference and somebody walks up to us and says, can we pray for you? And actually it was because I had, my back was sore and I was rubbing my back. But then they turn and look at Allison and they say, I just feel like God's prompting me to pray about fertility. Is that okay? Is that something that's relevant to you? And well, now we have two. And I think the, the thing that is, is most significant in my life and in, in how I feel like I could introduce myself most profoundly is not, I really like Lord of the Rings, which is true. Or I, went, I was the first in my family to go to college, which is true. It's, it's, we said yes to God. And through miraculous intervention, I have these two beautiful girls. And I'm a dad. And that has been, like, one of the most defining things about who I am today. And so please, whatever it is that you're deciding, maybe it's today, maybe it's in a year or two years, seek God's guidance have a posture of saying yes. And, and before making these big decisions, say, God, is this you? Give, give time and space for him to speak into it. Search the Bible, listen to his voice, ask other people to help you discern 
what God is leading you toward. And so with that, let's open up or let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Would you guys stand? I'm not going to have you stand for the whole thing because as I was like doing my mic check today, I realized that we'd be standing a long time. So I'm just going to have you stand for the first few verses. We stand because we trust what's in this book. um, And we, we really stand to honor the one who is pursuing us through these words. God wants relationship with us. He wants relationship with you. And these are, these are his inspired words. And so Paul says here to a new church in Rome, So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So come Holy Spirit. We ask that your words would actually come and inhabit our hearts, that they would follow us around and uh, that we would seek your voice and seek your face and that our, our very living would be, a, be an act of worship, a living sacrifice that is pleasing to you and that we might enjoy the, the peace and the love and the gentleness and the faithfulness, and just the the wholeness that comes from surrendering to you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can have a seat. So again, we're going to be reading through Romans 12, but I want you to have in the forefront of your mind, how, how do I know what my purpose in life is, and how do I make decisions as we go along? And And I think one of the hesitations to saying yes to God is, what if he asked me to do something that's really hard or to give up something that I really like? And he might. We we had no real intention of moving to the East Coast. We wanted to move somewhere tropical. (laughs) Uh, And and ultimately, uh, God intercepted that desire. Uh, when we couldn't get something tropical, we're like, fine, we'll go back to Michigan, which is the opposite of tropical. But we, you know, I lived in Michigan for 10 years and uh, Bob, the founding pastor, and I actually just were able to share this along with Allison at the Vineyard Regional uh, Conference for pastors and, and leaders. But uh, I had actually prayed a prayer to God saying, if you don't stop me, like this week, I'm moving back to Michigan. I've told this story before, but I I go up for prayer at this vineyard conference and someone walks up to me. I don't know her name, but I feel this like, like almost knock me over kind of power as she approaches. I'm like, okay, I'm paying attention. Uh, And the first words out of her mouth are, don't go back. And so while God didn't say and move to Chester Springs, he, he took like my posture of yes and maybe my little, uh, my little bit of a, a bratty timeline of like, this week, I need you to speak to me this week or I'm moving back to Michigan. And he, he redirected us. And even though we wouldn't have chosen Chester Springs at that time, again, because we wanted to move to California or south at least, 
Um, and, then, and then to Michigan, he had something better for us than we would have chosen for ourselves. And so I don't want you to lose sight of the fact that God's will for you, as it says in verse 2, is pleasing, good, and perfect. Saying yes to God does not mean that you will lose joy, that you will lose peace, that it will be just hard and miserable and sacrificial the whole way. God will go with you, and there will be fruit, much of which I think you will experience in this life if you live a surrendered life, and infinitely more in the life to come. So, let's keep reading verse 3. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluations of yourselves, measuring yourself by the, God that, uh, by the faith that God has given us. Now, this, this sounds a little harsh, but let me, let me give it a little more context. We'll find out here that he is going to move into spiritual gifting. And I, I guess I maybe live in this kind of counter reality where for a while I saw my calling as a ladder to climb, and the goal was to, you know, pastor the biggest church possible in the warmest place possible. But anyway, uh, and, and I, think, I think we can do that too. Like, is some, something inside of us wants to be at the top of whatever field or whatever position we hold. So like, there's, we all want to be like Steve Jobs and create the next cool new thing, and everybody knows our name. Maybe. Maybe it's not Steve Jobs. Maybe it's just you know, your company, or maybe you want to be like the type of mom that people blog about, you know? Uh, but, but what Paul is saying here is like, don't try to go and be more than God has created you to be. You are enough. And God loves you and has put you in a particular place for a particular purpose. And even, even the way that we kind of measure hierarchies, like this is the more important thing and this is the less important thing. Paul's actually going to tell us like, you, you get that a little, you, you look at it from the human perspective, but God looks at it very differently. And the, the way that his kingdom works is that the, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And when you think about people like Mother Teresa and the impact that she has had, she just did little things with great love. Actually, any of us could move to India and care for the poor if that's what God called us to do. And sometimes we do think like, oh, God probably is asking me to do, move the go to a really, really poor place and do really, really hard things with the poorest of the poor or the sickest of the sick. And, and maybe he is, but that's not what he's calling everyone to do. And so don't measure yourself against other people's calling or other people's gifting. So in verse four, he says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, that's you. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing things well. Now, he's gonna go through a few particular gifts, but I want you to keep in mind where your passions and where your giftings lie. And as I read these next few verses, Come to a place of contentment and gratitude for where God has you and what he has you doing. Now, that comes with openness, or uh, as the Jesuits would say, a foot raised to step into whatever it is that God calls you to next. But don't confuse God's calling with your own personal ambition or your, uh, your sense of, 
uh, not being enough, okay? So, uh, in his grace, God has given us different gifts, verse 6, for doing certain things well. So, God, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach them well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If, if it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take responsibilities seriously. And if you have the gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Now, don't read this the wrong way. Like, it's not like, I'm not one of the kind people, so I don't have to be kind. Or I'm not one of the giving people, so I don't have to give. Of course not. Like, all of us, uh, like, are to be generous with our time and generous with our money and kind to other people. And we actually, at the Vineyard, we think, like, yeah, there are some people who are especially prophetic, but God is speaking to his body as a whole and will, will give, can give each of us messages for other people. Um, and so, even, even, you don't, you can desire the gift of prophecy, right? And Paul says to do this in other places, but don't feel like, uh, I'm inadequate because I see so-and-so has more prophetic gifting than me. Receive what God gives you and share it with others in the measure that he gives. Verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tight to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Okay, now again, these are, these, these are going to just start to roll now like, oh, these are maybe things I take for granted, but these are instructions that God is giving me to live my life well, to live my life the way he designed it. And they're principles that I can apply to the specifics of my work, my family, my neighborhood. Starting with verse 11, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them and always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. That's a hard one. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Do you know what your neighbors are rejoicing in or weeping over? Have you asked the question, what's going on? What's the biggest challenge that you're facing right now? I mean, everybody has something. What are you rejoicing about? Where, what's a place you're finding joy right now? Try to go a little bit deeper than how are you doing because so many people will say fine and that's the end, that can be the end of the conversation because they don't know if you really care or if you're really curious or if you really want to know. Don't uh, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Now, he'll go on. I want to just uh, jump ahead to verse, or chapter 13, verse 1. Everyone must submit to all governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And then chapter 13, verse 6, I mentioned it. Pay your taxes, too, for the same reasons. Um, and then it kind of climaxes in verse uh, 9 of chapter 13. For the commandments say, you must not commit adultery, and you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up by this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills 
the requirements of God's law. And God's law is like God's design for us and how we do relationships. And here at the Vineyard, our mission is to love like Jesus. And that is, that is applicable to every part of our life. And it's a journey that none of us have arrived at. And so there's always room to grow in our ability to love like Jesus because it's, you never graduate from the transformation of our lives as it started out with. Like the work of figuring out why I lose my temper or why I can get sarcastically mean or why if I'm under stress, I might just retreat and isolate. Even though the content might not be new, like we know that we are to do these things and love these ways, we're, we're still on a journey. And I, I, I was listening to, um, oh, that book by Tyler Staten that I mentioned two weeks ago, the, the Pray Like Monks, Live Like Fools book. And he was sharing, you know, we sometimes think as we grow in maturity that we'll have less to repent of. And actually, as we grow in Christian maturity, we'll realize more of how our lives don't align with Jesus and we'll have more reasons to turn back and to say, oh, I'm sorry, and I'm going to do this better next time. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to realize that my heart can be a little bit proud or a little bit selfish. And so, like the first big category of how to lean into God's guidance is God's word. And we just, we just had a great example here in Romans chapter 12. But I think there are, there are at least six ways, and you could think of them as filters. I've, I've used the metaphor of timed lights. And I know none of you know what that is because in Pennsylvania, they do not exist. <laughs> the, the roads are too windy and there's not enough lanes. Um, but in the Midwest where there are more lanes and the roads are straighter, you have these stoplights in succession, and they can work in one of two ways. One is, one turns green, you push on the gas, and then the next one turns red, and you have to stop. And the same thing happens over and over, and that's how it works in Pennsylvania, too. Am I wrong? There's this amazing thing in some places. So, for instance, in Michigan, maybe, maybe this is really why I wanted to move back to Michigan. They have timed lights in Michigan. It's amazing. The light turns green, you push on the gas. If you drive the speed limit, by the time you get to the next light, it's green. And the next light is green. And if you, if you drive too slow, like maybe it turns red, or if you, drive, if you try to speed too much, then you'll end up having to stop anyway. But it's like the road opens up for you. And I think as we discern God's will, sometimes we think, oh, we got one green light, so it's, it's go time. But I think in the really big decisions, we want to make sure that all the lights have turned green. And the first one is, does it align with God's word? The second thing I want to bring up is, is it in alignment with God's wisdom? And so just as Romans chapter 12 says, uh, God is working to transform our minds, not so that we lose our minds, <laughs> uh, but so that we use our minds. Did you catch that? Like, you, you have been given gray matter in your head, and in seeking God's will, God's guidance for your life, you don't, don't turn off your thinking. And you've had experiences that you've learned from in your past that have hopefully, or can be used to, to deepen your wisdom. And so as you seek God's voice, and seek his will, and don't turn off your mind or your heart. Pay attention to your desires. 
But don't make that the only criteria for whether or how you say yes to God. The third one is God's voice. And I think this can come in so many ways. And there's really a whole lot more I could say about this. But we, I, just, I believe that God is communicating to us not only through the Bible, but through like his voice. And his voice isn't usually an audible like thing that you hear with your ears. It's more often something that you sense in your heart or one of the ways that I've heard him is during worship. These thoughts that don't seem like mine shoot through my head. Or maybe, maybe it's a feeling, um, like a sense of something in your body or a vision. So Allison, Allison was listening to God like in this way far before I was. And so she was journaling and she felt like God asked, like told her that she was going to marry me. And I, I, she wasn't convinced necessarily that I was the right one, but uh, she, she took God's voice seriously. And I had a similar sort of thing, but it wasn't because I was journaling, seeking God's voice, because I wasn't doing that yet. I was driving home from Chicago, so from Chicago to Michigan at this point, and I had the zoom out, like almost vision. Like it's almost like one of those drone shots where everything pulls back, only it was the future, not a map. It was like, oh, I can see where this relationship is going. It, it was like a divine forecast. And that's, that's when I realized it was time to put a ring on that finger. And here we are. It, it, was, it, was, it was like on purpose, a year of discernment. Like we dated for a year and I was ready to say at the end of that year, we're, we're gonna go on with this. I mean, we were in our mid-20s, whatever. Uh, if, I, if I don't know in a year, I'm just, it's time to either put a ring on the finger or find someone else because uh, I, don't, I don't want this to just go on and not go anywhere, right? And, and God gave me that. So there was this posture of, God, we want you to help us make this decision. And he gave each of us something different in a way that we could hear and understand. Um, now, the problem with this is sometimes we actually hear wrong or we, we can confuse our own thoughts or desires with God's voice, right? And so that's why, uh, I mean, I've, I've almost moved to the Middle East because I thought it was God's voice, but I did something before buying a plane ticket. I went and talked to some of God's people that I trust. So good discernment, good, good uh, like yeses to God for big decisions include gathering around people that you trust and they can say, well, that sounds like God, or that doesn't sound like God, or maybe think about this. So, um, so I, I just, I want to push you toward relationships, people who know you and trust you that you know don't have ulterior motives, who aren't going to just give you advice, but who actually want to guide you and help you say yes to God. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Was that number five, four? What's number five? Yeah, okay. So in one version of this sermon, I had six things. In this version, I have five things. <clears throat> God's peace. God's peace is not the same thing as feeling comfortable. This is easy. I like what I'm doing. I like this idea. 
this feels safe. It's not the same thing. God's peace is, even if you're doing something that's risky, um, that's outside of your comfort zone, you just have this sense inside, oh, this is, this is God. And so sometimes it's helpful to give God a little time on big decisions, like help me to make this decision in the next three months. And I've, I've been amazed um, how God will answer those prayers. Uh, when we moved from Michigan to Iowa, I thought it was going to be an excruciating choice. But we gave God a little time. We said, God, could you, could you help us? It's, I think, February at the time. Could you just give, give us guidance so that we can make a good decision by June 1st? And it just became so obvious. It was, it was an easy decision to make that move where I thought it was going to be a challenging decision. It's probably good that we moved from Michigan, you know, like so that God could redirect us here. And so, again, don't confuse peace with comfort, but trust that God will give you a sense internally that this is him or not. I think you guys, it, it, it's hard to explain but if you've had it, you know what it is. And in a particular situation, again, if you go back a step, consult God's people, people that have been there and done that. And I just, I, I have so much respect for people who say yes to God, who have that posture of saying yes, and then have the wisdom to use these other filters or these other green lights to help discern it. And, and like... Um, like it said in the video, like, yeah, even with all the best we can do, we might actually get off the path. But God has given us his spirit. So like that little GPS in your pocket, also known as a phone, if you make a wrong turn, what happens? Redirecting, rerouting, turn right, turn left. Like a posture of yes to God, he'll get you where he wants you to go. And a lot of times there's not just one possible destination, right? Sometimes he says you have a choice. There's like multiple good things you can do with your life. You pick. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.